Hello and welcome to Stupid Sequence, the show where we make ranked lists of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is fun. I'm your host, Josh. And I'm your second host, Scott. We are at episode 21 this week, and we're going to start with a quick summary of what the show is. The goal of each episode is to create a ranked list of something, usually media-related. Scott and I will pick a topic before the show and each come prepared with a list of 10. In the first segment, we'll talk about the first five items from each of our lists in detail, why we feel they fit the list, why they're meaningful to us, or maybe some interesting facts about them. From there, we'll use the second segment to briefly mention the remaining items on our separate list before going head-to-head and arguing over which items belong on the official top 10. This week, uh, we are talking about the worst TV creative decisions. You know, you say that we come prepared with a list of 10 and interesting facts and all that, but I think a better way of saying it is you come prepared and I am sort of prepared. Listen, we have we have different we have different methods for getting ready for the show. Who can say which one's better? Well, if we were ranking them, I would say number one is the way that I get ready because I have no intention of changing it. <laughs> Good to know. All right. <laughs> well, uh, so we had talked previously um, on the end of our last episode. We had said we're going to do a TV-based one. We hadn't quite nailed it down yet, so we kind of circled around a couple of ideas here before ultimately landing on this. And I think, I think it got some good, uh, some good fodder here for the show. That's yeah, going to be an interesting one, and uh, like you said, it's kind of creative decisions that may maybe didn't work out. Whether that's generally speaking or just our firm opinion that this decision for the direction of the show was irrevocably bad yeah and and i I have a few of those i have yeah some of the stuff on my list is i would say widely believed and i think some of the other stuff is maybe a little more personal to my experience i definitely have some controversial picks interesting okay because i said one earlier to my wife and she's like well I think that's just your opinion. I don't think that the fans would agree with you. And I said, you're mm. probably right. Interesting. But we'll get to well, that. Well, I have a little bit of a side bonus list. It's a small one this time. Um, that Cue side bonus list music. Um, that, that's not what the music sounds like. I don't know why I did that. But yeah. I, don't, I actually um, don't know what the music sounds like because you do it post production. So that's true. I do. It's like a I, I, it's like a bossa nova elevator music that I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that is fun. Mm-hmm. Girl from Ipanema. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. That's a fun fact. The woman who sang that just died like yesterday. Wow, that is not a fun fact. <laughs> no, but hey, um, she was eighty three. Anyway, moving on. So bonus list here is uh, so when we when I was picking my things, we talked a little bit about um, I decided for my list anyway, Scott, I don't know if you know if you chose any that were this way, but I decided that I was going to abstain from including the creative decision of canceling the show because there's not a lot to say about it besides, hey, they canceled it and that sucks. Mm, I'm going to hold my tongue. Not I'm going to say no. Largely, I did not do anything like that. Okay. That's not to say that I didn't pick any that shows that were I did okay, let me rephrase this. That's not to say that I didn't pick any shows that were canceled because I did. But the creative decision I chose to base this the argument on is not that they were canceled. 
Um, but anyway, I've chosen a bonus list here of five shows that got canceled when I think they shouldn't have. Hmm. So, um, okay. Hit us with the spoilers. Uh, these are not ranked in any particular order. Uh, first off is Firefly, although Firefly did get to come back with the movie Serenity. Uh, next up is Better Off Ted, which is a sitcom from the uh, like late 2000, I want to say like 2009 or so. The odds. I really like. I think is very fun, and it only got a couple of seasons and it got canceled. Uh, Deadwood. It's a show, HBO show that I dearly love that got canceled after its third season and kind of ends on a bit of a cliffhanger, but they did get to finish that off with a movie like 15 years later. That is quite good. Um, Arrested Development, my favorite comedy series of all time and a show that uh, was definitely ahead of its time. Two shows with Portia de Rossi on here, interestingly enough. Um, and then finally, Twin Peaks as a show that got canceled and then uh, it did get its revival season, uh, Twin Peaks The Return in mm. 2017. But uh, was axed before its time. So you did not include shows that are quote unquote on hold, like say Mind Hunter. I did not. So Mind Hunter. I don't think we've ever gotten a definitive answer of whether or not they're going to do any more of that. I don't know that that is hard canceled. I am holding on to the belief that at some point they will return to this project. And I would really like that because Mind Hunter. I think we've brought up Mind Hunter on the show before. Man, what a show! Really good. And it also on, has David left Fincher. on a cliffhanger because we're we're just starting to see the Park City guy really ramping oh, yeah, up. That's right. That they were doing that stuff. So, David Fincher, stop whatever you're doing and do more Mindhunter, please. I guess in theory, since it's based on true stories, that I could probably just look up all the details of you could that particular that. serial killer, and and I already know many of them, but I want to see the way they handle it because it's it's very well acted, very well written. Anyway, that's the bonus list. Um, it's a good list. So why don't we get started on the main list? Oh, by the way, um, we had our impartial third party um, look at our, our list here. And what they told us was no duplicates in both of our top fives, which is interestingly enough. There's some that is in maybe in one person's top five or the other. But uh, if we just do our top fives here, we have a clean 10. So we're going to start with your number five, Scott. Okay, yeah, number five, I have a show called Squid Game. Maybe you've Squid heard of Game. it. Okay, okay, yeah. My, I, I, have, I have opinions about bad creative decisions that they made. I felt like the show overall, very good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. But the ending, the, yep. and you know, spoilers, the very, very end. He had a chance to get on the plane to go to America to see his daughter and he chose the red pill and turned around and did not get on the plane and decided he's going to take down a whole operation and i just i i don't i don't like it i really really did not like that decision for this character i felt like you could have wrapped it up and called it good and now you've left it on sort of a cliffhanger but definitely the intention of a season two coming out and yeah, they have way more that. happening really did not like that. Yeah. Two, two quick side things here. One, uh, as I always forget to mention at the top of the show, when spoilers are going to be involved, Hey, really good chance that there's going to be spoilers. Um, as we talk about, uh, these various bad creative decisions and TV shows. Um, I feel like 
you know, if you, if you, it's going to be fairly obvious when we're going to be doing it, but we'll try to call it out as we go along. So, uh, second thing is what was up with his hair in the finale? That was okay, at the so very, very end there. That was also here. bad. Yeah. So, um, the, the one thing I wanted to say about this to begin with was he, the whole point of throughout the whole, the thing was he's trying to learn a lesson and maybe become a better father. That was one of his main driving factors for even doing the games in the first place. He wants to be a better father. But instead of taking that out, he says, I'm going to go try and stop the unstoppable. And people do complain about the red hair, but I saw a... I don't know if it was a confirmed theory, but a theory that it was actually a nod to the Matrix, the blue pill versus red pill thing. And there's a lot of symbolism... Early on, like when he's playing the the chance game with the guy at the uh, subway station, mm-hmm. he chooses the blue uh, pack when he's throwing it down at the red one. And in the montage of all the different people doing this, they all choose blue. And then when they're filing into the games, the blue Danube is playing. And that's also a nod to the fact that they're all blue-pilled and he's wearing a blue hat. And, you know, just prior to that. Shows, I don't think this show's deep enough for that. Eh, I think it's possible because then he changes to red hair after he figures it out or is, you know, is told. But eh. to be clear, I enjoyed this show. I don't think it's a great show by any means. It's it's all right. No, but I enjoyed it's a it. Solid, it's a solid C plus. You know what? I actually enjoyed more. I, I would give it a B. But what I enjoyed more than anything was seeing a kind of a, a sneak peek into cultural upbringing of Korean people. Sure. Lots yeah, of little nuances of things that they did in their childhood or games they played or just ways that characters interact with each other or it, I thought that was all really interesting. But I if felt like that can I recommend the movie Parasite? Have seen that? I think that it's significantly better. I, oh yeah. That's an oh, A, yeah. a to A minus movie for me. A plus. What a movie. Man, incredible. Maybe just an A. There's some stuff I didn't love about it, but man. <laughs> ah, what a movie. So that being anyway, said, Squid I, Game. The end of Squid Game. The hair yeah, hair not, change. Not good. You're not an anime character. You're not a hero. Stop trying to act like it. Get on the plane. Be it, be a dad. Not even that this, a great one, but a dad. This show extremely does not need a second season, but if they were to do a second season, I would want it to be completely different characters. Uh, just another iteration of the game, different screwed up stuff happening. That's what I would prefer as well. But, but that does not appear. I mean, maybe there will be some of that. That probably will to some extent. But also, Gihun trying to figure things out and take the whole establishment down, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't have high I hopes for season two. I don't have a lot of interest in watching it, honestly. I probably will watch it. I'm going to also Reluctantly. Um, nominate, um, you've, you've chosen the correct, I think, in my opinion, you've chosen the correct creative decision here, but I'm going to nominate a runner-up uh, poor creative decision to have the worst acting imaginable for the English-speaking characters in the show. What oh. happened there? Oh my god. <laughs> Baffling. Yeah, I forgot about Baffling. that. Baffling. Oh, yeah. The dialogue. Some of the worst acting I've seen in a professional. Awful. 
I uh, I remember you and I thing. laughing about that afterward. Yeah. It's no, that very, that was awful. But, um yeah. But no, not not nearly as bad like the the actual important bad creative decision here was that ending in my opinion. Yep. So, good entry. So, I had not considered this show. I I put I would I don't think it would have made my list, but I certainly would have put it in my honorable mentions if I had thought about it. Sure. It was it was a maybe recency bias a little bit that I was so frustrated with the ending and I remember venting to you about it and mm-hmm. ultimately that was what stuck with me and I didn't even remember this show immediately when I was putting this list yeah. together but ultimately I found it I'm like oh yeah oh yeah then the feelings I, I guess, come back I guess that's the thing for me with the shows this show just didn't stick with me at all I haven't thought about it at all since I finished watching it, basically. Like, we had those conversations after we both watched it, yep. and I haven't thought about it since then, like, at all. Yep. So. That was a while ago now. A couple years, right? Uh, 2021, yeah. I think so. At least a year and a half. Besides the Halloween costumes. You're like, oh, people are doing the Squid Game thing for Halloween, huh? Okay. I feel like I hear the music from Squid Game. I couldn't tell you what the music sounds like at all. The me, 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 me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. Didn't stick with me. Okay. Anyway. So, yeah. That's that's my number five. What do you got for five? Uh, number five. Hey, just because a movie... Or a movie. Uh, just because a show was on my uh, special bonus list doesn't mean it's also on my uh, overall list. Uh, number five is Twin Peaks. Uh, specifically, uh, the creative decision being studio interference in the second season of the show. Hmm. So... You haven't watched any Twin Peaks, right? Nope. So I'm going to um really avoid spoilers entirely here. I think this is this is entirely safe to listen to if you haven't watched the show and are interested in doing so. Because I'm really not talking about plot uh, uh, much of anything at all. Certainly not really any details. Um, Just more of the creative stuff around it. Um, so season, just some background, season one of Twin Peaks, in my opinion, an absolutely incredible thing, truly unlike anything else that came before it and dramatically ahead of its time, had an incredibly outsized impact on the world of television for decades. Tons and tons of shows that went on to be wildly popular just would not exist if Twin Peaks was not a thing. Twin Peaks The Return did basically the same thing again. That's that revival season of Twin Peaks that happened in 2017, continuing the story of the original show 25 years later. In my opinion, that is a true masterpiece. Absolutely unlike anything I've seen. Cannot recommend more highly uh, David Lynch at the height of his powers. Um, so that first season, love it. It's Twin Peaks The Return. Incredible. And then there's season two. <laughs> I'm kind of in the middle there. Um, so season one is eight episodes, I believe. And season two is a full-length uh, network television show for the 90s so that's like 22 episodes or something like that it more often than not is meandering unfocused and very very messy uh apparently the story behind this is that um abc the studio that was making this um abc executives dramatically ramped up their interference in the storytelling going into season two because season one was pretty popular and they really wanted to capitalize on that popularity going into season two and be like oh this is our hit new show where if you know David Lynch as a as a director, as a creator, as a storyteller, he does not care about that at all. He's just like, I'm going to tell my weird stories and get out of my way. Um, 
they exerted so much control that David Lynch ended up leaving the show and was barely involved with season two outside of directing the finale. Fun fact, also, uh, the head of ABC at that time, person making some of these decisions presumably, was one Bob Iger, who you may know more recently as the current CEO of Disney. Yep. So, thanks, Bob. Thanks for that. Uh, so they, uh, what the studio ended up doing is they brought a premature end to the mystery of Laura Palmer's murder. Hey, that's the fact that Laura Palmer was murdered is not a spoiler. That is literally the f- opening that the, the, them discovering her body is the opening moments of that first episode of that show. So that's just the premise of this show. Um, so they brought it a premature end to the mystery of the murder. Um, and inserted just a lot of really misguided storylines that don't contribute a lot to the overall show. Um, in particular, if you, uh, if, if you haven't seen the show, so it doesn't want me anything to, but you have just everything going on with James in season two, James and his stupid motorcycle. It's just like, why are we spending time on this? This is terrible. But yeah, uh, co-creator of the show, Mark Frost, ended up leaving the show partway through the season, and then it really kind of falls apart after that, um, and just meanders its way for like another 10 episodes, doing very little of import, until you hit the finale, which David Lynch did come back to direct, um, and that is like right back into just how good the season one stuff was just incredible stuff again there ending on just this dramatic really major cliffhanger that didn't get addressed for 25 years until that um twin peaks the return happened it ultimately twin peaks still one of my all-time favorite television shows but there's this big quality dip in a large part of season two that just makes it really hard to recommend to new viewers because it's like okay you sh- you need to watch all of it if you're going to watch it, you need to watch all of it. But just you have to be aware that it's just going to be bad for a while. That's a compromise I feel like people can make if the overall direction of the show or quality of the show is worthwhile. And it sounds like in this sure. case it is. Yeah, and I, I think the case is made easier now that Twin Peaks The Return exists. And, you know, and certainly everyone did not love Twin Peaks The Return. Some people found it frustrating. I think it's incredible. But... uh you know, if if there's the promise of there's good stuff after the bad stuff, um, it gets people to bite a little bit more. But back before 2017, which is when I, I watched the show, um, I think five or six years before that, uh, is a little bit harder of a sell because it's like, well, that end episode is good and you absolutely need to watch everything in between to understand that end episode and you need to see that end episode. But boy, you're going to have to suffer through like 10 bad episodes to get there. But yeah, that's uh, that's my number five, Twin Peaks. Decision being the studio interference during the second season. They screwed it up. It could have been better. And they screwed it up. Studio interference. I have an entry on here that also has studio interference. It may be a theme that we see. But why yeah, I, that's, uh, why don't I do my number, number four? four. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. So, as much as I love this show, and and I think this is a a common theme because all of the shows on this list I, I love. It's the ones we love that end up disappointing us the most. I also have a lot of lot of shows on this list that I really liked a lot. So with that being said, my number four entry is South Park. Oh, interesting. Very generically speaking or broadly speaking, 
the overall spirit and direction of this show has drastically changed from what it started as. From what we fell in love with to what it has become now. That's fair. And I think a lot of that it can be can be blamed on this modernization, the fact that they can make episodes in about six days, right? Six days to air is their documentary sure. talking about this. It allows them to have some of the most up-to-date, relevant information. And so they tried to incorporate that. And mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with that direction. In, in the early episodes, right, some of the key focuses, right? The boys learn something at the end of every episode. That you know they're trying to become better people or better kids, yeah. and perhaps, well, relatively speaking, I learned that you can't always treat people like crap because then you know a piece of poo is going to come out of the toilet and teach us all about the spirit of Christmas, like stuff like that. It's ridiculous, sure. but there there was a premise to it, right? There was a little bit of a you knew what to expect. Um, there were, there have now become series or season-long storylines and arcs mm-hmm. that are, I mean, literally season-long, right? And it's about some of them are about like political correctness or trolling, the marijuana stuff that's kind of been a little bit more recent. Admittedly, I have not watched every episode from. I don't know, season 11, 12 onwards, something like sure. that. But yeah, I catch I them. I catch key ones and I, I see them sporadically. But entering into the middle of a season now, you catch something and you're like, wait, when did all this stuff happen? And it's, it's, it feels like a dramatically different show. Like you have to watch from episode one of a season through, like straight through, as opposed to just being able to drop in because it happens to be on Comedy Central at midnight and you're not quite ready to go to bed yet. Which was kind of how I was really exposed to South Park. Sure. So, question. Would you say that overall, the, your, your argument here is that the bad decision is like the modernization of the show or like the serialization of the show? It's a combination, because I think the serialization and the modernization are are both key here because they're they're making it more relevant or trying to or more updated or how do however you want to say that modernization but they're also trying to incorporate that over many 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 episodes and i i think you could include serialization as a subset under modernization just because there are a lot more in in the world of scripted tv anyway you know reality tv aside um, serialized stuff is just w- the prevailing sure. form for TV now in a way that it wasn't 20 years ago, you know? And South Park was always known to be unconventional. I mean, they did, I loved so many of the episodes that they were able to tie in stuff that seemed relevant, but they did it on like a one-off thing, right? They, they created this thing and you know, every something's happening in South Park, and then they tied it all back to, well, this is the real reason why it's going on, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's completely relevant and ridiculous, but it also, in a weird way, makes sense, and I don't mind it. You don't have to watch five episodes before that. So the serialization, yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely frustrating. 
but the newer so, episodes so it's are more just of a, not as good. Sure. And, and, you know, I think uh, some of that, some of the criticisms here you leveled, you could also substitute in like the Simpsons here and say a lot of similar things about the direction of the Simpsons. I think some of this is what you see for any of these shows that go for sufficiently long enough is like how many ideas for an episode can you have? Sure. How many good ideas for an episode do you, can you churn through before you're kind of just treading water and just making more because people are still watching for some reason, you know? Yeah. And I'd also like to point out one last specific thing that bothers me and that's Mm -hmm. Kenny doesn't die every episode. No, that's yeah. He hasn't done that for several seasons, but how many, how many times does he, does he die per season? These days? I, I don't know. Maybe none. I actually, I don't. That does know. feel like a betrayal to the the core tenets of what South Park is. Now there there is an episode that I saw later on where he is is it Captain Mysterio, and that's like his villain name the, the superhero or superhero name. Stuff, yeah, yeah, and his ability is that he's immortal. He if he keeps dying, right. he comes back, but it's right. never addressed, and it's just little gimmicks like that. I felt like really made the show what it was but they've evolved quite a bit beyond that and as a result it's just it's not what it used to be i think there's too many focuses on characters that i i just don't enjoy as much and yeah i I think they lost sight of what it was when they started i think it could end now and and people i don't think people would be satisfied with it but i would (laughs) One thing I will point out that I think is interesting is unlike a lot of these other animated shows that have gone on for a million years, like The Simpsons or Family Guy, uh, this is a show that still has its original creators attached to it. True. As long as Matt Stone and Trey Parker want to work on this show, it will continue to exist in some form. Yeah. And I don't think it'll survive without them. Correct. I think... With them them departing, unlike, you know, Matt Groening departing The Simpsons or, um, or Seth MacFarlane, you know, not being the showrunner anyway on, on family guy, there's just no way that that South Park's going to keep going without them. Agreed. You have to have the, the specific creative genius. That is the combination of those two people. But my, my personal hope is that there's one more movie and that'll be kind of like the end all be all for the show. But we'll see. Generally speaking, modernization of the show subsection serialization i don't know it's just not it's not what it used to be don't like it as much south, south park 2 uh shorter or sorry uh, smaller shorter and cut hmm just doesn't have the same ring to it yeah they'd probably do something like bigger batterer uncutter yeah, you always gotta go you gotta always go in the bigger direction that's yeah. show business baby yeah saddam hussein returned or something. The return. Yeah, a lot of, of they got a lot of mileage out of out of old Saddam. Yeah, I'm not going to belabor the point here. You get what I'm saying. South Park's frustrating to me. I fell in love with it years ago, and now it's it's just not quite the same. Yeah, I don't think I've watched it in a decade. Possibly more. What's your number four? My number four is. Uh, it's a little, little known show. Um, pretty, pretty obscure. You, you maybe you've heard of it. It's called uh, Game of Thrones. Mm. 
Oh, and Game of Thrones. Is that like it's a squi- based, based squid game on, predecessor? No, it's uh, it's based on a group of fantasy novels titled A Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, is that a Harry Potter? Yeah. Oh, I know that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a spinoff of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Um, the creative decision that uh, you already know what it is was specifically what I'm dialing in here on is rushing the late, the last seasons of the show. Seasons plural. Oh, not even just season eight. You're talking yes. at least seven and eight, maybe six? Um, seven and eight, mostly. Okay. Um, so at this point, like everyone is aware of the uh, just catastrophe last season that Game of Thrones had. Um, you know, it's a, a, at this point, a legendary screw up in the TV world. Yep. Has entered pop culture for sure. Yeah. Don't really need to dig into this in extreme detail. Most of you at least have heard about this. Um, but so for my my argument here, specifically, the final seasons of this show, seven and eight mostly, are noticeably shorter than the previous ones were, and they really feel rushed, especially the last season. Like one of the things you noted here is like they spend a significant uh like there's there's a whole episode, you know, there's there's episode plus of content of traveling in that first season between Winterfell and King's Landing as you're traveling across a continent, halfway across a continent that's the size of South America, right? Westeros feels like a place that is really big and has a lot of space to it and everything. And the last season, people are traveling that same distance in like 10 minutes of showtime, you know? It's like, oh, the end of the previous episode ended and now it's like two days later and now they're in the other place they just like delete all the space between the locations just have people show up wherever they want to and it just starts feeling rushed right common sentiment at the time you know because it was these are like literally shorter and fewer number of episodes per season the uh previous seasons were like 10 episodes long i think the second to last season is seven or eight and the last season is six i think um so they just they cut out a lot of episodes, right? So and, and common sentiment at the time was that this was a studio interference thing. That HBO felt the show was too expensive. They wanted to cut costs, etc. But later on, it came out that no, HBO wanted to provide any and all resources necessary to push the show over the finish line because they realized this is the most popular thing they've ever had. In, it was instead the showrunners David Benioff and DB Weiss who made the de- decision to shorten the seasons. They had signed some lucrative upcoming directing deals, including an alternate history Civil War show for HBO and a trilogy of Star Wars movies, and presumably they just wanted to finish up with Game of Thrones so they could get to these other bigger money-making opportunities faster. Uh, Ultimately, all of those projects that they were signed on for have all fallen through now. Um, You know, one could assume part of that is how much of a disaster this last season turns into uh, in the pop culture sphere, certainly. So, uh, kind of backfired for him, I think. So, uh, and I'm somewhat of an apologist for the last season, actually. Like, it's bad. Don't get me wrong. It's bad. But I don't think it's, like, the worst season of television ever created, like so many people are making it out to be. It didn't deserve a subreddit dedicated to continuing to talk about how they ruined the, the entire show for years afterwards. You know, it it's... Uh, the, the backlash I think was a little bit overblown, but you know, it, I, I do agree that overall the, the, the last season especially is, is not good that I think that most of the elements for the story that they include in there 
would have worked if the show had given the ideas enough time to breathe. If we start introducing some of these elements about some of these characters and things earlier on, maybe even in a previous season. And instead what we get is uh, a series of characters just making decisions that feel completely arbitrary, wildly out of the blue, whereas if and 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 makes the show start feeling inauthentic. So if we had some of these, you know, I'm trying to avoid spoilers here, but some of like the really big kind of heel turn moments that happen in in the final episodes of that show, if you had kind of some build up to that instead of it just happening in the course of an episode, then then maybe we would have that would have felt better, would have felt more in character, would have felt more in place. Some of the story beats here would have been bad no matter what, especially specific details about the very final episode that are just idiotic. Uh, but I believe that if the showrunners had done right by the show, we could have gotten a pretty decent ending instead of what's considered to be like one of the all-time big TV disasters. It certainly has, a, like I said, entered pop culture and has become synonymous with a massive failure to deliver. Yeah, they, the Game um, of Thrones treatment. It, it's it's like the showrunners threw their own show under the bus, and they're just like, ah, we're tired of this. We want to get to something else. We could make more money somewhere else. Now, when did George R.R. stop being directly attached to the show? Because I know he influenced early direction and gave them a good portion of the ideas, especially once they had written past the books. But he also didn't want it to mimic the books directly, so he gave them other ideas, and they kind of went with their own thing. When did he stop being involved? Uh, so he was heavily involved, I believe, through like the first four-ish seasons. Um, it was like ha- consulted like very, very frequently um, on a lot of what was going on, and then he became less involved over time after that. But I don't know that he ever stopped being involved completely. There's elements of the ending that's in the book, in the show, because uh, if you don't, if you weren't aware, these books aren't done yet. <laughs> um, there, there's uh, elements of that final season of the ending that I think are probably still going to happen in the books, um, but certainly not all of them. And I think the books are going to build up to them in a, uh, you know, if he ever gets them out. <laughs> So that becomes that the next question. He knows how the book is ending, right? He knows how you would he think wants to. No, he knows. Would, he's he's indicated. I'm pretty sure that he knows who is going he, to end up on the throne. He said a lot of things. Okay, you so know. maybe it changes. Obviously, the concern here is he's going to die before it actually happens. Considering he has potentially the worst writer's block, maybe not ever, but. Of you know, many Rothfuss, of the Rothfuss. Rothfuss. We, are, we have been waiting. We have been waiting longer for um, uh, the third King Killer Chronicle book, slightly longer than we have for Winds of Winter. Okay, but th- that's only number three in that series, which I think would be the final one. Versus this is book six. six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So well, and 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 the other problem here too is like I'm gonna read. He's gonna put. He'll get these books out eventually, probably, and I will read them. I'm not, I'm not especially enthused about reading them, but I'm, I'm one of those people where I'm like, I'm committed at this point because like those first three books, especially, are really good. Book three, I consider to be like a top ten all time fantasy novel. It's just incredibly good. Storm of Swords, you should read it. 
Um, but like book four is bad. Book four is really bad, and five is better, but like not by a ton. So like I'm gonna get through it. I'm not, I'm not excited about it though. What he needs to do, if this is actually going to be a continuous problem, identify his ghostwriter now, tell them how <laughs> it's going to end, and let them start working on it so that way when he dies and doesn't publish six or seven or however, it's seven books total? Is that how many? That Eight. is, um, so book five is Dance with Dragons, Woods of Winter will be six, and the intended, what he has said is intended, is there will be a seventh after that. Hmm. Okay. Well, either way, let's prepare for this inevitability. And after he passes in his honor, one week later, we will release everything. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But anyway, for the show itself, um, you know, rushing the later seasons is, I think, what did him in. Yeah. Could you know really could could have been avoided. They could have handled this right. They could have done right by the show, and they squandered it. So, so in, that earns them number four on my list. And in my research on this, almost every list mentions Game of Thrones because it's, right. I mean, it's so widely considered to be such a botched thing. Mm-hmm. The problem for me is I just haven't watched it the mm-hmm. last couple seasons. So yeah, and I don't, I don't blame you. I well. You know. There's there's I'm, good stuff in there. Watch it. That's the thing. There's good there's good stuff in there. You know, I I think there's episodes of that last season that I think are genuinely good, and there's episodes that are real bad. So you know, get there's some eventually. character moments that I really liked, and some I really really didn't like. Give it time. I'll get there eventually. Yeah. The main issue here there's is no just convenience for me. I don't have HBO, and I haven't pirated anything in. Uh, I don't know, many, many, many years. That's fair. So I'm either relying on other people to give it to me, or I need to get HBO at some point. And right now, I just don't have the drive to do that. I think you mean Max. You need to get Max. Is that what it is? HBO Max? It was HBO Max, and they have now rebranded it as Max. Okay. How many X's in Max? (laughs) Just, Just the one. For now. For now. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you got for your number three? Number three, the original six seasons in a movie, we have Community. Hey, there you go. This should not come as a surprise. And I, I think my guess is I it's somewhere it's in six through ten. Okay, so it's no, not. I thought I had it somewhere on an honorable mention, but now I'm looking at my list and it is not. So Interesting. Okay, well, we can say... For Community, it's considered to be one of the most ambitious and groundbreaking network sitcoms of its generation. It it definitely doesn't stay to any kind of normal conventions. It has very unique episodes and plots. And ultimately, the change from season three to season four... Yep. Where Dan Harmon was fired by um, by NBC. NBC, right? NBC yep. Uh, I think that was uh, their their big downfall, and so, yeah. in my opinion, torpedoed the show. It was not watchable after that. Community. It, it was renewed by NBC in May of 2012, but then a week after, 
the news broke that Harmon was informed that his position as the showrunner was terminated. So I looked into this a little bit. I mean, it was bad enough that he was fired. Uh, to make it slightly worse, he actually learned of that decision through a text message. Oh, great. So that's real professional. However, it sounds like the Sony Pictures Television and, and the network kind of cited that it was his erratic behavior was the reason for the firing. I don't know what the actual truth here is, and I'm sure we'll never really know all the details, And except, you know, years later, there will be a tell-all story behind the community. Well, he there there have been later on, um, later on there were uh, allegations of uh, sexual harassment about Dan Harmon later on that he admitted to and apologized for. Mm. Uh, so... Um, there were also rumors, and these are much less concerning uh, that he was arriving late on set he fell asleep on the job uh, he caused trouble with his they call call it offbeat leadership Mm -hmm. and he changed from being a perfectionist about the show to almost just a procrastinator and that was not at all what they wanted so david garasio and moses port replaced Harmon for season four which uh, also, at the same time, many executive producers and writers left the show. I don't know if that was in support of Harmon or the overall direction of the show. It's hard to know for sure, but several people left. So, yeah, and the result can't be argued with. The, yeah, the, the show so, changes fundamentally. Garasio and Port failed to live up to the standard that Harmon created with Community, and the network knew it. And the show wasn't the same as it once was. So after being fired, Harmon took his live comedy show, called Harmontown, on the road. And he still had a a very loyal group of followers who were vocal that if community continued, Harmon needed to return. And it was Joel McHale, however, that pushed Sony and NBC to allow Harmon to return. And he and other cast uh, members realized that community served as a passion project for Harmon. And it was the... uh, it was only right that he was at the helm. So they listened. Harmon took back the reins uh, until the series ended with the sixth season in 2015. So he, he took back over in five and six. So they learned their lesson here. But at, at the same time, four was such a departure. And even five and six, there were cast changes, which are not as significant, but noticeable. And as a result, the overall quality of the show just drops off hard after season three yeah i stopped watching partway through season four i was just like i'm done with this now the tricky thing here is you know some of these allegations against dan Harmon, you know that he he is straight up admitted to um are directly in relation to his time on community so yeah uh you know maybe maybe it was the right decision morally for them to uh to fire him sure for behavior that he had uh, but let's say as a creative decision, certainly damaged the show. Sure. And I'm not arguing that at all. Yeah, how, we're not, I don't think you? we're here to argue like that, like, oh, the creative decision's more important than this guy sexually harassing this woman. That's, that's not, no, that's not what we're trying to say here at all, to be clear. All I'm saying is the overall quality of the show as a result of whatever transpired has severely declined and yeah and i and i think that's pretty inarguable to the to the point of unwatchability like you said i have watched probably seasons one through three 
three or four times now. I, you know, just in the many years since it's come out. Seasons four, five, and six, I've probably watched once total. And I, I try, I remember not that long ago, I tried to rewatch four because I was doing another watch through. And I guess it was a few years ago at this point. But going into four, I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I won't watch the rest of this. This is, this is fine. And it's I, not good. I stopped. So, it's not good. Yep. And yeah. Troy, man, he's, he's got to be one of my favorite characters. There's, oh, it's hard to, it's hard to pick it. It's hard to pick a favorite character on this show, to be honest with you. There's so many redeeming qualities about every single one of them. Set phasers to love me. Oh man. Donde está la biblioteca? It was a fun show at one time. Yes. You've watched Community, at least enough of it to know. Let's and say three you and a half seasons of Community. You have uh, an understanding of this. It sounds like they are working on the movie, though. Yeah, I just actually, uh, like a week ago, their news came out that it got delayed again. So I think it's the second or third time it's been delayed. Yeah. It's not especially promising. But. No, and I honestly don't have high hopes given what yeah, happened not, with those I'm last not really interested seasons, in it but... because I don't I didn't want to go back and watch the seasons after Dan Harmon came back cuz my interest in the show is pretty much dead at that point and uh, the movie a movie doesn't get me excited to go back to it either. So probably and probably not going to be be watching that. Also Pierce is problematic at this point. Well, che- Chevy yeah, Chase. It's... Chevy Chase is a, a legendary douchebag amongst uh, Hollywood. Well known. Uh, um, Has been for turns years. Out, turns out, still a douchebag. So. Yeah, I'm. Get out of here, Chevy Chase. I'm. I'm hoping that this is one of those situations where I have such low expectations for this movie that when it comes out, I'm surprised. Yeah. That'll, that's my only thing that i'm clinging to at this point but we understand community beautiful show at least in early seasons so many unique things that happened i love the paintball episodes i love the blanket fort pillow fort episodes there's a a number of just iconic moments throughout that entire thing but yeah sadly definitely some excellent episodes Side note, did you know the D&D episode was taken off of, I think it's Netflix. I did, I did actually, they should not have done that. Actually, I was reading an interview with, um, I can't, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, who plays uh, Shirley, Yep. about how uh, that was, she's of the opinion that that was the wrong decision, and it's uh, not, it's not blackface. It's not what blackface is. Yeah, he was a goblin, I believe. No, he's a drow. Drow, that's what it was, okay. Dark elf. Dark elf, yeah. Either way, it was... He was just trying to be in character for D and D, and yeah, I think her 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 Yvette Nicole Brown's argument was Shirley reacts to it as though it were a blackface thing, and the entire point of that the actress is saying is because Shirley doesn't understand D and D, and by and doesn't understand what's happening there, and the sure. decision to pull it from streaming shows that the people who made that decision also do not understand it. So, yep, and I agree. Definitely an iconic episode. Kind of yeah. the, one of the ones that I think I'd potentially want to go back and watch. Yeah, one of, one of the best ones, certainly. Anyway, that's my number three. 
Um, do we want to go to your number three and maybe take a quick break right after that? That's exactly what I was thinking. So, number three is my recency bias pick. Go for it. Uh, I am talking about a Netflix show called The Witcher. We're going to stay in fantasy. Three genre shows in a row. Guess what? That's that's me, baby. You're going to hear more genre show picks from me. Is all of my stuff genre? Not all of my stuff is genre. I have a couple things on here that are not genre shows. Anyway, so my creative but thing... But Yep, the on. thing the thing I want to mention specifically ahead of going on The Witcher is this is my most most spoilery entry because the uh, the creative decision I have is directly related to plot points. So if you do not want to hear me talk spoil stuff for the second season of The Witcher, uh, maybe maybe skip ten minutes ahead or so. Probably not that much. I don't know, eight minutes. So give people a beat to skip ahead if they want to. The thing specifically that I'm talking about is uh, destroying the Siri yennefer relationship in their adaptation from the book. So there are myriad problems with the Netflix Witcher show, but I'm going to try to be brief. Uh, this is a franchise I really care deeply for. I've read the books, played the games. The show specifically is based on the books, although increasingly loosely as the series has gone on. Uh, the first season adapts the two collections of short stories, which I consider to be the best storytelling in the franchise. Those, those books are short stories. Uh, the Last Wish and Sword of Destiny are truly excellent uh, short stories. Just really, really good short fiction, um, loosely adapting different uh, classic fairy tales into monster hunting adventures from, uh, if you're not familiar with the, the Witcher franchise, Geralt is a witcher who is a monster slayer in the fantasy world, and uh, and he goes and, and is paid to hunt down monsters. Those short stories are really, really well done, and they do a pretty good job adapting those stories for the first season. So there's some significant changes here and there, but it's really hard to properly adapt about a dozen short stories that take place over several decades, and the stories only have a couple of appearances from one of the characters who is going to be central to the show going forward. So they kind of restructure things in a significant way. And I don't really have any problems with how the, I don't know, okay, rephrase that. I don't have many problems with how they did that because it was a really big challenge. And I think they did the best with it that they could. Season two is where it starts going off the rails. And I, I could list 30 different examples of what they did wrong in season two. But the thing here I'm specifically talking about is this relationship between the characters of Yennefer and Ciri. I'm not going to dig into exactly who these characters are and what their backstory is and everything. We don't have time for that. But specifically what I want to talk about is, so these, the Witcher books and, and games to a lesser extent, I think, can be pretty dark. Um, there's a lot of unhealthy and abusive relationships especially those involving female characters there is one really wholesome relationship between two female characters in these books and it's the relationship between yennefer and siri yennefer trains series in controlling her latent magical abilities and they come to regard each other as mother and daughter over a long period of time spent together and then the show basically takes all that adapts up to that point and goes what if we threw all this in the trash and set it on fire it would be better if we did that um, instead of developing this meaningful, caring relationship, they decide to have Yennefer kidnap Ciri to essentially sacrifice her for her own ends. That doesn't actually end up happening because they're not going to—they're not killing off one of their main characters in the show, but um, or the franchise even. 
but the damage to that relationship is done. Like once someone has, because the everyone involved knows that this is what she did and why she did it. Um, you can't trust that person again, right? <laughs> that 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 relationship is toast. You can't have that wholesome relationship anymore because it's done, or it should be anyway. If they just hand this hand wave this away in an upcoming season, that's even worse writing. Um, that I just do fundamentally do not understand this creative decision. And it's just emblematic of, uh, I think, the disdain that the showrunner and writers have for the material they're adapting. It's really baffling. So is this part of the reason that Henry Cavill ended up leaving? Possibly. Disagreements. I mean, we don't have all the details on it, but I know he left the show and I know he has disagreements. Yeah, from from what we've heard, Henry Cavill is, you know, a a hardcore diehard fan of the Witcher series. This is something that he really pushed for. He really wanted to be involved in. And then to have him quit three seasons in is very troubling (laughs) for the future and direction of that show. And as the show has increasingly um, deviated further and further from the books and continuing to make just really baffling choices on things that they're going to change and characters they're going to significantly change and modify and storylines they're killing and weird other storylines they're putting in their place um especially with stuff that we're hearing about season three uh one would certainly think that this is this is an you know just a, a string of those that factor, contributed yeah. to that makes sense him wanting to leave and i don't blame him this is they're they are actively setting fire to this franchise and it's a real bummer because I was hopeful. <laughs> but, and that first season was pretty good. The first season's worth watching. The second season is mostly bad. That first episode of season two, I think, is a really solid adaptation of another one of the short stories. But as they delve into that first novel, which, to be fair to them, that first novel is not great. The first two novels are kind of boring. And then three novels three through five are really where it picks up again and, and, and really starts becoming excellent. Uh, but the the stuff they did is just not good so is the intention that they would make one season per book that's kind of what they're doing so that first season was the two collections of short stories season one largely or season two largely adapts the first novel and i believe the plan is for season three to adapt the second novel but that's not out yet for uh i think that's like within the next couple of weeks here that that's coming out Mm mm-hmm a summer runner. Yeah. They're doing the, they just announced they're doing the Stranger Things, the most recent season of Stranger Things thing, where they're going to mm. like, we're breaking it up into two half seasons that are going to air like a month apart. And I'm like, that's, that's stupid. Don't like it. That wasn't really half seasons for Stranger Things, though. It was like, no, it was just like the last two episodes, but yeah. those episodes were like three hours long, just absurdly overlong. Man, you talk about weird creative decisions in the shows. This didn't, this that certainly doesn't merit the list or even my honorable mentions but they they needed an editor on that last season man it was a consideration for me as well it's not on my list though no but it came up when i was doing my research and i thought yeah probably but we might hear a different thing about stranger things later on but Uh, let's see spoilers but yeah that's uh that's my number three the witcher destroying the siri yennefer relationship uh, they screwed it up. Would have been better if they hadn't. 
But yeah, let's uh let's take a break and we'll come back and do our ones and twos and then uh we'll get into our honorable mentions and have final arguments over and six through uh, ten on that final that. list. Oh yeah, six through tens. We need those too. So all right. Well stick around, folks. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. If you have show ideas or comments, you can reach us on Twitter, sort of, at Stupid Sequence. Twitter broke, but we recovered or something. We have access, and we don't have anybody tweeting at us. But you could also email us, stupidsequence at gmail.com. Emails, emails that are addressed to scott first will most definitely get read interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. funny how that works i don't know we'll uh we'll have to see i'm really hoping we get some some fan ideas at some That'd point be fun. but first we need fans that's like a prerequisite it turns out We got, hey. we got people listening. Yeah. Our metrics tell us that you, some some of you are actually listening fairly consistently. Which is great. We love you. You know who you are. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about you. Yeah, you, listener. Did we decide on a fan base name? I feel like we need a fan base before we can have a fan base name. I feel like you've thrown around like 20 ideas. Okay, we'll come back to that. Why don't we go to the rest of the our top five? So we're at what? You're number two next. What do you got? Number two, I have a show called Archer. More specifically, Archer Vice is hot garbage. Interesting. I did not get that far. Nor should you. It's hot garbage. Wow. Okay. There, there are 12 seasons of Archer now, I think. I think they just said like the next season is going to be the last one. Whew. I saw so Speaking of shows that ran for animated shows that ran for probably too long. Hmm. One piece. Oh, that's a, that's a whole different ball of wax. Anyway, uh, what I want to say here about Archer or Archer vice seasons one through four are great. Yeah, absolutely. The problem is right. We have uh, real world problems necessitating a change in fictional media. Yeah. And the time that it takes to really make that adjustment means that sometimes you have to go in a completely different direction if only temporarily. Oh, is this cuz this is the Isis stuff? This right? is because of the Isis stuff. I forgot. Stuff. Yeah, I think I only ever watched like the first 3 or 4 seasons of Archer and I really like them. I just never got around to watching more and now it has been 37 seasons of the show and i'm like oh where did all the time go yeah one through four fantastic isis stuff happened in real life and so they decided we we really can't call them isis anymore that's not a it's not a good idea and it's hard to disagree with that given all of the context and negativity surrounding very very unfortunate timing for them so my beef is not with that decision because that's fine you can make that decision you can make a name change my beef is with 
instead of delaying and making a proper adjustment, you went in a completely different direction and you did Archer Vice, which, you know, originally the show H. John Benjamin is voicing Sterling Archer. It's an animated comedy, a suave international spy. He leads a team. It's very screw uppy, but also they tend to get the job done. There's a lot. I of... did watch this. Yeah, see, very memorable. Okay, right? I'm looking at the thing again. I did watch this. This season was weird. A lot of cocaine. Yeah, so that's what I'm getting to. After, sorry, so sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. It's it's one of those things where I just this is a divisive a divisive opinion, I think, because in my research on this. There's a lot of people that love season five and think it's one of the best seasons. And I just, I cannot get behind that. I, I don't hate this season. Well, that being said, right there, there's been a lot of changes to the show in general, but season five in particular, instead of being an international spy thing, it was more of a criminal underground drug trafficking focus where they become drug dealers. The the key things for me and the, and the overall decisions that frustrate me on this, uh, number one, I got bored. Instead of, and this is another thing with comedy, and I complained about it with South Park, and I'll complain about it with Archer, the serialization of this changed completely. Instead of being the... Uh, Sometimes two to three episode mini arcs. Smaller arcs. Yeah. yeah. It became a larger season long story arc. I think this is the last season I watched, actually, now that I'm going and what looking a coincidence. It again. I think this is the last one I watched. The change from four to five, it was very jarring. And yeah, I agree. The characters in season five become completely useless at least in one through four they screw up they fumble their way through things but you know most of the time it's a zero-sum game and they get the job done they have moments of brilliance and archer redeems himself in some cases or several of the other characters have moments where they actually do contribute in a meaningful way Season five was not like that. It was one screw up after another. And even after learning some of the basics of how to sell drugs or not using their cartel connections, which is another beef I have with this season, ultimately they just continue to screw up. By season by episode three or four, they just have not learned anything and are just continuing to try to sell or try to keep the drugs away from Pam or they lose the cocaine or Pam consumes a lot of the drugs. So that, that becomes another part of this in, in that Pam becomes coked out and honestly unwatchable. Oh, see, I liked coked out Pam. I thought that stuff was fun. Initially I thought it was great, but they really beat a dead horse with this one. It's just coked out Pam throughout the entire thing. They have no way of dealing with her. They're not prepared for that at all. See, I, was, I was way over. I the was top. remembering coked out Pam, but I was thinking that was from a previous season. Going and looking through this episode list, I'm realizing coked out Pam 
is easily the most memorable thing about the season for me. Oh, it is. I just didn't like it. And I, I thought it was way too over the top. It, it was outplayed by third or fourth episode of that season, and I just was tired of it. I finished out the season because I wanted to see how it all ended, but honestly, I can't remember how it ended. I just got bored. I do remember thinking the season was maybe not as strong as previous seasons, but I definitely did not have the reaction you did. Well, season six, they, I think, returned to more of the traditional spycraft. Right. Right. I, I do I'm think... I'm pretty confident that I did not watch that. I did definitely did not. But then 7, so then they, from there, apparently decided, well, 5, even though it was polarizing, it was popular enough that they decided they were going to try completely different things in later seasons. Season 6, um, Archer becomes a private detective. Season 8, a film noir gumshoe. Season 9, sure. an alcoholic airplane pilot on a remote island. Season well, 10 the alcoholism continues through the whole thing. I well, think. yeah, but season 10, he went, it went sci-fi imagining him as the co-captain of a spaceship and season 11, though the series reverted to its original spy premise with Archer waking up from a three year coma. So it's mild spoilers on that. And I think there is a season 12, but I don't know anything about that. So all that being said, one through four, I thought was great. It was ridiculous, but there were there were enough things going on that you you could not predict how things were going to resolve in almost every case. But it was entertaining, and ultimately they got there. Season five, not so much. I felt bored, unresolved, over the top, nothing like the original Spycraft, the spirit that it started as. So. For me, that creative decision, while maybe not necessary, a change was necessary, I just felt like they went in the completely wrong direction. That's fair. So that's why it's now number two. I don't know that I can follow you all the way down that road, but I get where you're coming from. What do you got for your number two? My number two is a show that, um, let's say, uh, in contrast to Archer, where you think Archer is derailed by the change, uh, my show is a show that is derailed instead by a lack of change. I am talking about Heroes, ah, the late 2000s uh, superhero network show, and the creative decision that I have I'll talk about in a second. So Heroes is pretty well known as perhaps, you know, and, and in my opinion, I'm going to consider it as perhaps the single biggest derailment of a TV series I've ever seen. Save the and cheerleader, boils down, save the world. It all boils down to one decision. The first season of the show is really, really good. I really enjoyed it. It's sort of like a, you know, X-Men inspired, lots of ordinary people suddenly develop superpower, superpowers. What happens around the, you know, around the world is different. These different superpowered people are showing up and we kind of get convergence of them becoming involved in this mysterious story as, as time goes on. That first season generated some really beloved characters like Peter Petrelli, Hiro Nakamura, Claire Bennett, and Siler. You know, you had the whole slogan, like you just said, a save the cheerleader, save the world. It's a great story idea, really executed, really well executed season. There's, there's mystery, excitement, action. And then season two is an absolute disaster. 
and the show mostly got worse from there over its four season run so so what happened here right how do you go from like this is a really really solid first season like not incredible but like really well critically reviewed really well uh received by audiences and then just a disaster from there so there's two major things that happened one of them's the show fault show's fault and one of them wasn't First is they got the second season's impacted by the 07 to 08 writers strike that happened, you know, um, totally outside their control. Um, the studio decided to press forward with filming without professionally written scripts. And so that that's just that's going to be a major blow to any show's quality. Right. If you don't have professional writers generating the story, it's probably not going to be very good. And boy, it was not. However, the true death blow for season two came from a creative decision. This show was originally conceived as an anthology show, meaning each season is gonna, was going to be about a different group of superpowered characters. Totally different story, different focus for each season. The first season was so popular, and people latched on to these specific characters so much, especially like Hero and Peter, uh, that suddenly they made the decision, well, people love these characters so much, we should just keep making a show about them. So they completely abandoned Tim Kring, who's the showrunner in this, completely abandons his original idea to keep developing the characters that we had that he that they had from the first season that, that were already popular, and it just it just didn't work at all. The, it, it, there's a ton of different reasons, I won't get into all of them here, but like there's a ton of different reasons why this decision just tanks the show. But I think the single biggest one is something that would have been completely avoided if it had been an anthology show. They designed in that first season, they designed multiple characters who are just too powerful. Totally works in a first season. These characters are learning their powers. But if you have a thing that's going on where you have a story that's going on over years where these characters is like, yep, they learned their powers already. Here's an example. Hiro Nakamura is a character who, in the first season, develops the abilities to stop time for everyone except himself, and he can teleport anywhere in the world. That seems pretty minor. I don't know how that could be a useful power. How do you not, from here on out, answer every single problem on the show by having just Hiro stop time, teleport to the bad guy, and kill him instantly with no resistance? And so what they had to start doing was they had to go, okay, how do we nerf Hero this season? How do we take him out of the equation? How do we stop him from solving all the problems? In season two, their answer was, what if he time traveled back to feudal Japan for some reason? Hmm. And then what if in another season he was sick and he was losing his powers and it did, the, his powers were killing him? And and that kind of stuff. So like literally every story they tell from season two onwards is which is there's four total seasons, but season four is kind of broke up into half seasons that have like a different major plot arc going across each each half. So there's like there's one, two, three, there's four more plot arcs after that first season, and every single one they're figuring they come up with a different reason why hero is incapacitated or out of the equation or dying or something every single block of stories and it's exhausting <laughs> it's like come on guys well this is this at, is at that just point they messy. probably should have just killed off hero yeah to just avoid, kill him or something to avoid any of this mess 
yeah, it, it's just they they wrote themselves into a problem that I don't envy them. They couldn't. There's there was not a great way for them to get out of this, but they shouldn't. They should have just stuck with it being an anthology show from the first place. That was such a better idea. Would have been really neat. But no, they got um, you know, they they decided that they wanted to stick with what they already had. Uh, another example here with the the powers thing is like Peter Petrelli is a character who in the first season learns that he's like a power um absorber power mimic i forget how they exactly phrase it but if he touches somebody else who has powers he copies their ability this you know which is pretty good however the thing that that compounds on this is he can hold all of them it's not that like oh he touches one person and he touches another person then he that first power is gone and now he has a different one no he just gets to keep them all hmm so it's not like x-men where rogue drains their power to no they still have their power he just also has it now oh my god yeah so then eventually over time they have to start this have to start figuring out like well how do we nerf peter now also so now you have different things they have to have come up with different separate plot devices for why hero can't solve the problem and why peter also can't solve the problem and then what if he absorbed a bad guy's power and then that power started making him go bad it's like okay this is just getting very stupid so I, I think this is a show that could have been way better if they had just stuck with their guns, stuck with the original idea of we're just going to see a different group of characters with superpowers every season. And then you're not stuck with the baggage of these characters that you create and the abilities associated with them as time goes on. So my question then becomes, has enough time passed that they could now reboot this show and make oh, they it did the once anthology? Already. Oh, did they? They did it already. <laughs> Hell. It wasn't an anthology. They carried on with, I think, some what? of the original characters. No, yeah, no, no, no. See, that's what I'm saying. I want to reboot Heroes... with the original intention, the anthology. Okay, I get what you're saying. Uh, Heroes Reborn was a mini series in 2015 that um, had, I think it had some of the... No, no, okay. I've just looked this up. This is all new characters except for uh, HRG, the man with the horn rim glasses. Zachary Levi was in this? I don't remember that. I didn't watch this, to be clear. But it looks like everybody else on this show, besides besides uh, Jack Coleman, who plays um, who plays HRG, is, new a new, yeah. is a new character. And this season, I don't remember being well-received. But I, I, I gotta I say, I don't know I anything about it. it. So. Now, the original, from, from, I did know the original, and I know people who were very excited when the first season came out. Like, oh my it was god, good. season two is going to come out. It's going to be awesome. I really liked it. I had a, great a lot of time hype for this. It. You know, it's not fantastic. It's not like a 10 out of 10 show, but it was really fun. It was a neat idea, especially for network television in like 2007 when. You didn't get you. We weren't getting superhero TV shows, you know, and as someone who really, you know, as a as a kid and even through today, really like superhero stuff. Sure. Um, that was right that before was really, the Marvel Cinematic yeah, Universe. It was really exciting to see like a, a well done superhero TV show on TV. That was awesome. And then they then they it, then it all imploded. And my dad and I watched that show together from beginning to end and just towards, you know, the later seasons, especially, I want to say, especially that last season, season four, it just developed into just like a weekly hate watch where we were just like, man, what are they doing? This is stupid. Why are we watching this? We kept watching it 
because hate watch has a certain compelling thing to it but man what a what that show just the that show may be the single thing i've watched that has the highest difference from the starting quality to the ending quality Mm. that's unfortunate yeah overall yeah i mean what can you do at this point hold out for another reboot an anthology reboot spirit of the show new characters completely yep anyway so yeah that's um they uh they messed it up they should have stuck with their should have stuck with their original guns but well with that in mind i have a feeling i know what your number one is but why don't we go to my number one first really Mm, i don't know if you do we'll Mm -hmm. see Mm -hmm. yeah i think i do what's your number one my number one is, has already been mentioned. It is Firefly. And it is not that Firefly was canceled, because that's boring. It is mm. all of the factors that led to the cancellation and the creative decisions that were respective of that. So Okay, that's very broad. It, we're gonna we're gonna see some some specific I, things I'm, here. I'm gonna say this is a duplicate on my list. This is my number ten. Good. It should be. should be on your list. Uh, and my reasoning here is specifically the, the choice that I chose is airing episodes out of order. That is part of what I have here, but it, it is not the main thing that I, I think was okay. really what led to the death of this. Okay. So really, let, let's back this up, right? What led to the cult status and iconic position as a science fiction classic? It's a simple answer. It was a really good show with intriguing mm-hmm. characters. It had a fresh, original premise and a shit ton of potential. But... Yeah, certainly certainly for what sci-fi was out there at the time. Absolutely, yeah. But if you cut that short, you start a riot. And if you start a riot, you gain attention. So, Firefly felt like a fully realized concept right from the beginning for anybody who's actually watched the series start to finish. Mm-hmm. Most series take a while to gain that level of traction and, and find their groove. But, and that's, you know, a, a season, maybe two in some cases, but they, they knew what they were from the get go. They had a solid identity. They knew what their objective was. They were setting the stage for what could have been plenty of good material. And as a Western space opera, which, how many of those were on TV? Like, none. Pretty much zero. The show was, it was fresh. It was tried and true genres, but like a fresh take on them. A little bit like Star Trek, but also a little bit like Deadwood, to you know, one we've mentioned already. But it also... It certainly had that Western flair to it. It also had a little bit of Blazing Saddles flair to it. So offering all of that blended together seamlessly with action, adventure, humor, and romance, and its stories, if watched in the proper order, are clearly part of a bigger arc that would have been beautiful to see it unfold. But just as things really start to get ultra awesome, everything stops. And Firefly's cancellation was the product of many factors, with one outweighing the others, right? The show was too expensive. 
is not what I'm well, keying and, in on here. And and the ratings were quite low. Well, Firefly required a great deal of money to produce, and and people just weren't watching it. So mm-hmm. the simplest formula in television that leads to cancellation. Yep. But a great many fans blame Fox for the series' failure, and that argument sure. definitely has merit because Fox made Whedon rewrite episodes to their liking and attempted to force his hand on character details. They wanted more guns and less sex. And then they completely fumbled the marketing. And that, that is my biggest thing. Firefly's promotional trailers did nothing to capture its true nature or encourage viewership. Mm-hmm. Instead of billing it as some sort of weird genre comedy thing like I was describing, it, as opposed to like a gritty the gritty space drama that it actually was it's it's like they they took the premise and then they they gave it ridiculousness so the ensemble and, and that's a that's a i was just interject here that's yeah. a problem that they had um multiple times with with joss whedon properties um i would think the other most notable example of this is his show that he did after firefly was dollhouse Mm. and the if you watched the marketing for dollhouse at the time it was hyper focused on look how hot all these people are look how sexy all this is this is a real sexed up show which like okay there's an element of that in there but that is not the focus of what that show is at all and the advertising for that show really significantly misrepresented what was going on there so that's my frustration here right the the cast was dubbed with identity swaying taglines, right? Wash played by Alan Tudyk was the flighty pilot and Inara was a cosmic hooker and river was the girl in a box. Like all of this was just like false preconceptions about what people are actually going to see. If you watch this and the goofy advertisements just made firefly look like something entirely different. It didn't capitalize on the strengths that were defined as like what the series actually was. And it just considered the taglines they came up with. Like the last tagline they came up with was out there. Oh, it's out there. What, what is that? That, that, is, that means nothing. That's a, that's not a thing. So as business insider says, the promos would have turned off anyone who would actually have liked the show. While anyone who liked the promos would have been disappointed by the real thing. There was a massive disconnect. And I think that's the main creative decision that frustrated me about this whole thing. And then, you know, on top of that, what's that? Was was misguided marketing, perhaps? Misguided marketing. I I think that, yes. Because I think think we got to drill down on a decision here. If you want to say studio interference... I think that's fair, but like that's I, that's not really the marketing per se. Then, well, it, it's kind of a little bit like that because studio interfered to make the marketing awful, right? They they interfered with the show itself as well, but they they had a hand in the marketing. Joss Whedon didn't create this marketing. If he did, it would right. Have been and like and most this. of the most showrunners don't create the marketing. That's that's the that's the whole point of the studio. That's that's part of the hand. You know, whoever's handling the distribution is also handling the marketing generally. So. I don't see I don't see how the marketing fits into the studio interference. I think you got two separately strong arguments here, but they're not really the same thing. My my frustrations with the disconnect. The disconnect between what the show was and what they portrayed it to be. Do we want to say so I, I I think I think the thing you're really drilling down here on the most is the marketing. Yeah. Which I think yeah, that's a big 
that that is a significant disconnect here. Um, do we want to do we want to cite that on here as that's what your core argument is? Yeah, I mean that's fine. It's okay. That is the primary creative decision. We let me keep going here. I got a little bit more because sure. I do talk sure. about the the man, poor management and marketing in general. So um, there was the matter of when people could watch the series. Right, this was a mm-hmm. pre DVR era, and people had to actually sit down and watch TV when it was aired. And Firefly got put in the they called it the Friday night death slot. Yep. Friday night death slot. The least watched primetime position where shows went to die in the early two thousands. If that wasn't enough, Fox broadcasted the shows episodes out of order, which we already kind of touched yeah, on. That's, that's my, that's my argument here, which I can talk a little bit about as well. But more specifically that included airing the two hour pilot episode at yep. the end of the season. That's the biggest. What? That's the biggest part of it. So that you know, broke- it's like either it's a show it's a it's a the episode that you know like introduces what the whole concept of the show is. Yep. Here's who the characters are. Here's what their motivations are. Yep. But they were like, "Now, nah, what if we start with the second episode because it's more action focused?" So that broke the continuity of the narrative. Um, the characters' growth arc didn't make sense at that point, and it never aired the last three episodes at all because they they cut short the series and which was already cut short by poor management and marketing. So all of that being said, like this is the endurance of Firefly. It's a series that happened, albeit for a very short time, but it it really hasn't lost its following. It got, it got that cult following through the D like DVD sales hit. And then people really latched onto it from there. It didn't really have that following when it was airing. Um, but people found the DVDs and went, Oh, this is good. This is if we watch it in the context it's supposed to be watched and in order and everything, this is actually quite good. It it's phenomenal. And I'm gonna close here with as the ballad of Serenity, which is Firefly's theme song. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna quote it here for a second. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care. I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me. And nobody can take Firefly from its real fans. So all that being said, screw the marketing department. They messed up everything. Out of order episodes be be damned. The whole thing just was flubbed. I wish I could include all of this as a single creative decision, but it really was mismanagement by the studio at its core. It's a lot of... A whole series of decisions to just really torpedo the thing. And as a result, we'll never have a Firefly season two. We did have certainly, Serenity. But... Certainly no longer with all the Joss Whedon stuff that's happened. No, of course uh, nobody's, not. Nobody's going to make that happen anymore. No. But. but Anyway, that's my number one, Firefly. It's personal. I'm still frustrated at it. My wife agrees with me. You should it's agree with me too. But tell me about your it number ma- one. It made my list. It did. Just a different place. Uh, my number one is I thought a lot about going through, and we've talked about like later seasons of the shows. Um, there's there's a number of TV shows that have had really really terrible finale episodes. You know, you talked earlier about Squid Game. In my opinion, this one takes the cake as what I think is easily. The most misguided, most mishandled 
straight up worst TV show finale of all time. I am, of course, talking about the final episode titled These Are the Voyages, Ellipsis, from Star Trek Enterprise. Mm. That is not what I thought your number one was going to be. No. Okay. Interesting. See, I I have no idea what you thought my number one was going to be. So, um, Mm, it's probably in your six through nine. We'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to get into a little bit of spoilers here for a uh, significantly old show, a 20 year old show at this point. Uh, so I guess skip ahead. If you don't want to hear that, I'm going to just do for the spoilery part. You could probably just skip 30 seconds ahead here. So plot of the episode itself is largely climat anticlimactic and unsatisfying. Uh, Basically, uh, they they kill off the, the the most egregious thing in here. They kill off a well liked character on the show for essentially no reason whatsoever, which is very frustrating. It doesn't didn't really serve any narrative purpose. It's just like, hey, we're going out. Let's just kill this guy. I guess that's not why it's the worst, though. The plot of the episode has very little to do with why it's the worst. It's, it ultimately boils down to kind of an unremarkable episode of the show. I need to do some groundwork here to explain things about this show before we really dig into why this is the worst. So Enterprise is a distant prequel to all the previous Star Trek shows. It's set hundreds of years before. It's about the very first warp-capable Earth starship, the Enterprise NX-01. It's not to be confused with Zephram Cochran's ship from the movie First Contact, which is the actual first warp-capable ship created on earth this is well well after that but it is like a you know like a government uh funded launched starship you know launched by uh starfleet before the federation even exists this is this show in a lot of ways is about like leading up to the foundation the founding of the federation uh captain jonathan archer played by scott bakula leads the crew on the first space yeah for the first earth-led deep space exploration mission uh and then we get four seasons about Earth finding its way in space, building relationships with species like the Vulcans and Andorians, who become, you know, major, especially the Vulcans become major players later on in, in the timeline, as other critical members of the Federation, and then, you know, really getting, spending time getting to know the, the crew of this ship. The first couple seasons of this show are pretty rocky, uh, but the show eventually finds its footing in seasons three and four as it dives into a longer overarching story about a temporal Cold War which is just a cool concept and, and, and handled well in the show. It's some really interesting, really interesting episodes. By the end of season four, the characters have grown and really established themselves well. And, and most of them are, are you know, in, in my opinion, by the time I ended that show, really come to love a lot of those characters. So, of course, it then made perfect sense that for the finale, the show then decided to make the episode actually be about characters from Star Trek The Next Generation, not from... Star Trek Enterprise. That's right. They basically push the final events of we see of the ship and its crew to the background in service of an incredibly poorly conceived framing device. Will Riker and Deanna Troy from Star Trek Next Generation decide to watch a hologram of the final mission of the Enterprise NX-01. Who cares? Why would you devote a huge percentage of the finale of your show, the very last thing anyone's going to watch in the show, to characters that don't appear anywhere else on the show? The entire point of the episode is changed from a send-off to characters we'd come to know and love, and instead relegated to the C-plot of a not particularly good episode of Next Generation. 
Riker basically is like Riker's unsure of a decision that he needs to make. He he essentially watches a historical YouTube video and then has his mind made decided by that. Just an utterly baffling decision. Like Enterprise is very very far from the best Star Trek show, but it, it deserved better than than what this piece of trash is. Man, it's terrible. I was not aware of this. I'm looking at some of the details and some of the guest appearances for for this episode in particular. Patrick Stewart is on there for a portion as well. They they the, their very final thing that they do is they read out like the the Enterprise Charter yep. uh, thing, and it's intermittently read by Scott Bakula as Jonathan Archer, um, William Shatner as James T. Kirk, and Patrick Stewart as yep. um, Jean Luc Picard. So even even the final moments, they take the focus away from just the crew the, the actual characters of the show and they're like remember the old star trek that you liked better huh huh really why would they do that strange it's so it's such it a slap even, in the face to the show it doesn't even feel like fan service at that point point. and like yeah okay the, the enterprise was not a well-liked show at the time it you know it did well enough to to get four seasons but it was the last piece of Star Trek media for um, until the the J.J. Abrams movies happened, and it was the last Star Trek TV show for an even longer period. That was like fourteen years or something between Enterprise and Discovery. So it, it in a lot of ways, killed the TV franchise of um, of Star Trek for a really long time. Uh, now we're in kind of a Star Trek boom again, and and things are mostly pretty good. I'm happy about that, but you know. Even so, as this show didn't latch on the way that some of the other Star Trek shows did, mm. it it wasn't a bad show, especially seasons three and four, I think, are, are really solid. And these characters, the show, this ship just deserved better. And the average rating on IMDb for an episode is 7.5 for the whole series, but that mm-hmm. episode has a 5.3. IMDb ratings are kind of trash, but when you when you see uh, but it's a, the a disparity that it, big, it's the disparity. You see a point yeah. swing that big, yeah, it's that is significant. It's not great. I would rate this as a zero out of ten. That bad? Okay. I Man, I think it is no the worst finale. I, the worst finale I've ever seen. It 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 actively throws its own show under the bus in favor of we're gonna. It's more. They think it's more interesting to watch the downtime of characters from a different show than let us then instead of just showing us here's the final mission that this crew goes on now if it had ended one episode sooner was that episode at least fairly good like Um, somewhat closing that episode is more of a conclusion to the storylines that had gone on before that. So that, you know, would honestly would have been a more appropriate ending. It's not, I don't know that it's exactly set up like a series finale per se, but it's more of a conclusion they could have to that story it. arc. Yeah. They could have, they could have turned it into one. Instead, they went one further with this one and just made this absolute botch job of, of, uh, honestly, I, I would describe this as really, a, it's a, it's a disrespectful thing that they did. Oof. Yeah, that, that's a tough sell. Just idiotic. 
it, it's one and, of those and it's a big it's a big reason that i'm very happy that um uh the brandon and brega the two showrunners for most of 90 star trek um are no longer involved with um the mm. running of modern star trek because they're hacks they they ran out of all their ideas um getting through next generation and deep space nine and then voyager was not real good and then enterprise also had its problems you know and and then their send off to the star trek universe was this piece of crap yeah that that doesn't put a good taste in anybody's mouth it's also hard to recommend a series uh, in any capacity knowing that the last episode is just so disappointing rick berman brandon brega those are the two people i'm talking about correction yeah, that's frustrating. Star Trek Enterprise. If you read interviews with them, they from their perspective, they thought that this thing was like a love letter to all Star Trek fans. And it's just so it incredibly really, misguided. Really missed just the mark. completely misread what people would think was good. Man. And that's why it's number one on my list. That makes sense. Incredibly misguided. It's a good addition. But yeah, so we've got, um, that's our one through fives. Uh, we're going to take another break here, and then we're going to quickly go through our six through tens, talk about honorable mentions, and then we're going to dive into uh, arguments about what belongs on the unified list. So uh, stick around. Welcome back, everyone. If you made it this far, then you're probably enjoying yourself at least a little bit. In which case, an honest rating, a review, or referring a friend, especially referring a friend, would go a long way to get the word out about this podcast. Now, we can see those metrics. We know the word is getting out, albeit a bit slowly, but it's not deterring us. We're having fun regardless. It's just nice to see the numbers climb, the viewership. It's fun to have people listening. And uh, we did notice there's a review on at least one of the uh, the websites now, so we appreciate that. Thank you very much yeah, for thanks, the review. Folks. And uh, thank you for listening. So let, let's move on to 6 through 10 here, and uh, from there we can round out with the honorable mentions and get into the consolidated list. Yeah, okay. We want to uh, trade back and forth here. Yeah, we could do that. Uh, so I'll I'll start number six here. Okay. So my number six is Scrubs, and more specifically, the creative decision being that for many true fans, there are only eight seasons of Scrubs. Yeah, this is on my honorable mentions. Gotcha. Yeah. So season nine basically shouldn't exist. The creative team, like they thought the I mean the final episode of season eight is called My Finale. They thought mm-hmm. that was going to be the last episode of the last season, but the network had different ideas. They ordered an. Well, it, season. it moved to a different network for that last season, I believe. Uh, it was the last two, one or two seasons, I think. Yeah. Okay. And yes, they it was a different network, but that was part of the reason they purchased it. I guess they had every Bizarre intention choice. of rebooting with a ninth season, which took place in a medical school. Revolved around mostly a new cast. There were a couple, I think, two main characters from the original series, but fans really 
did not enjoy the change, and Season 9 failed to become its own thing, and from there, that experiment ended. So, mine is rebooting for a Season 9. Awful, awful decision on that. Yeah, not not good. So, Didn't work out. What do you got for 6? Uh, my number 6 it was my number 10. And then I wrote up my notes on it and then realized I wrote about twice as much notes for this one as my what my previous six through nines were. And I was like, you know what? I think this deserves a higher up spot as a result. I clearly feel stronger about this. So uh, number six is the television show, The Shannara Chronicles. And I'm going to describe the creative decision here as the MTVification of the show. So. Uh, Shannara Chronicles, if you're not familiar, are based on the uh, Shannara series written by Terry Brooks. Um, these started way back in like 1975, and then Terry Brooks ran on to write about, oh, 30 or so of these, probably more, uh, broken up into smaller sub-series. I loved these books as a kid. Um, they were pretty popular um, fantasy series, especially for, you know, the 70s. There just wasn't that much fantasy going on, going on yet in terms of literature. So, um, you know, there's certainly other stuff happening, but there just wasn't as, you know, you had had Lord of the Rings happen, and then it kind of took a while for the fantasy literature engine to really get running, especially now. It's everywhere, right? But, um, so I was really excited to see these stories get a chance to get adapted TV. They're far from the best fantasy books out there, but I loved them as a kid, and there's some good there's good story beats in there, some good characters that I really like. Could have been really great. They made they actually, I think they made the really, really smart decision to skip the first book and go straight to book two. The first book, Sword of Shannara, it's largely a beat-for-beat beat remake of uh, the first Lord of the Rings books, Fellowship of the Ring, but like I said, it's written in the 70s. There just wasn't that much fantasy lit yet, so it kind of got away with it. The second book is Wish Song of Shannara, and it's a much more unique story and a great starting point for an adaptation. They got a pretty solid cast together, uh, a younger Austin Butler, who I just realized today that was him, and now he's gone on, in the years since, he's gone on to be you know, a pretty, pretty big actor. It was just in the Elvis biopic. Uh, and then Manu Bennett was a great Al-Anon, who's kind of the Gandalf stand-in in this series. Uh, they filmed on location in New Zealand to get that Lord of the Rings feel. They even got John Reese davies who played Gimli in the Lord of the Rings movies, to play the Elven King in this movie. Uh, unfortunately, From the show dwarf was airing. To elf. Yeah, he, John Reese davies a little known fact, actually. He's, he's a very tall man. He's above six feet, feet tall. So um, Gimli would not make that you they think cast that. Him to play Gimli. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, the show was airing on MTV. That's who the studio, this the network that picked this up. So they apparently had a mandate to make the show increasingly focus on hot teens over time instead of the actual story. Is why I refer to this as the MTVification. I finished out the first season but didn't watch the second. Um, just over time, it's like, what if we just focused more on like, oh, ro- these goofy romance subplots that weren't in there and just like stylish teens and stuff like that. Really bizarre idea. The low points of that season is uh, a late first season episode that's literally a hipster styled college kid dance party, as well as an episode where they fall into the remains of a high school prom. Neither of those events happen in the books themselves. So uh, they really just squandered what could have been a really cool adaptation to uh, make it more fit MTV standards. Still not familiar with this, but that sounds really disappointing. It's not great. 
Like it's really not great. What is this garbage? Yeah. Well, why don't we jump over to your number seven? I almost think that your number six sounds from your passion. You might have considered it even higher on your list, but that's neither here nor there. So my number seven, also a series finale, How I Met Your Mother. Hey, this is my number eight. So it, it is the finale. It is the problem yep. here, right? They, I, I said the whole last season and the finale. But... Well, okay. But the this previous season was... <laughs> I typed this in the here wedding. as How I Met Your Finale. How I Met Your Finale. <laughs> no, well, okay. The, I mean, yeah, it's uh, the fact that the wedding is largely just glossed over. I mean, he, you know where this is going to end up, right? This is we. He Spoilers up, here, by the way. Yeah, obviously. He ends up with Robin, right? And Yeah, that's trash. Which is, yeah, not, not a fan of that. But the fact that they finally reveal who the mom is, right? After in the, in the all very of that build the up. finale of season eight, eight seasons of build up to here's who the mother is, and then they kill her off, and they barely yep. discussed it. They glossed yep. over it largely. Oh, she's gonna the can- mom. Cancer. The mom. He married her. The mom had the kids. Then she died, and then Ted ends up with apparently his true soul made up for all along. Yeah, that's right. It was Robin. Yeah, that's hot garbage. That despite that whole... the fact that the show spent a tremendous amount of time on how they are not good for each other. Yep. And how she one. married Barney and yep. there was a whole season of that how they were actually They spent soulmates. they spent like multiple seasons building up to that wedding. Yeah. And then they're like, "Yeah, let's just undo all that. He's meant to be with Robin." What? I didn't I didn't make it through the last season. I I I bailed out partway through because of how bad it was getting. And then I read what happened in the season finale, and I was so mad. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is terrible. I forced my way through it. I don't regret it, but it doesn't feel great, and I'll never revisit it. No, absolutely not. And, you know, these days, just looking back at some of the jokes that were made in that yeah, show, the show it's like, hasn't yeah. hasn't aged very well. Yeah, no. I, I, do, not, love, not I do love Allison Hannigan, though. And Jason Siegel. They're both great. Yes. Two highly redeeming. And I, I, I love... Uh, uh, Neil Patrick Harris as well. Oh, yeah. I just don't love his he, character. He's a fantastic actor. But no doubt. Anyway, well, what's your number seven then? Uh, my number seven is Supernatural. So that's my, my number eight. <laughs> hey, there you go. We just flipped them. Uh, and so uh, what, what specifically? my creative decision is continuing the show past season five. That is exactly mine. <laughs> yeah. So the original plan and scope for Supernatural was to run for five seasons uh, after yep. one season of basically pure Monster of the Week shenanigans and then two seasons of demon focused storylines that frankly I thought got pretty repetitive by the end. Yeah. Season four started off by introducing angels to the mix, and that really starts to shake things up, most notably with the addition of Castiel. Oh, Castiel! This took the show in really exciting, interesting new directions um, that ultimately culminated in the season five finale, which would have been a fantastic finale for the show overall. It's extremely satisfying. It, yeah, really satisfying ending. However, it was at this point that it was had become one of the most popular shows on CW, and they didn't want to kill the golden goose. So instead, showrunner Eric Kripke left, and they kept the show going for another 10 seasons. And there's a lot of garbage in those. I've I've only cherry-picked episodes. My brother has watched all of them. Season 6 is worse than what came before, and then I ended up 
I, I thought it was okay. See, I checked out part way through season seven because the writing had gotten so bad. It was terrible. And then, yeah, I just, I just couldn't do it. I so, think you and I um, stopped right around the same spot then. It's just the, the, it did. I know the show had its dedicated fans. Obviously, it, enough people were watching that it went for 15 total seasons. But for me, that show really should have ended at season five. So, this was what I was mentioning earlier about how. I disagree with the majority of those diehard fans that Supernatural deserves serious respect for being one of the longest running American dramas. But I mean, it man, it was so. I looked at this; it's 327 episodes across those 15 seasons. Yeah, and it's no Law and Order SVU. No, but But. it's very commendable. But it's it's hard to remember that you know the original creator Eric Kripke left after five seasons because just it's so far gone from there so yep season five should have been the ending completely agree with you it would have been a much more revered show i don't know if it would have received cult status like firefly but i do think it would have been highly regarded as a very solid uh fiction show that has just great you know monster of the week type feel to it for some of it and then yeah the angels and demons stuff later on i just i felt like it was great uh, I, uh, worth noting, uh, you can go watch the spiritual successor to the first five seasons of Supernatural. It's called The Boys, um, because it's run <laughs> by Eric Kripke and features a lot of actors from Supernatural, including, that it uh, does. um, I can't think of his name. The character is Bobby Singer. Man, what's the actor's name? Man. Robert Singer. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about him before, and I'm also drawing a blank on Jim Beaver. Name. God, yeah. I cannot believe I forgot his name. Love Jim Beaver. Sorry, Jim. I know you're listening. <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologize. I know you're listening. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it also, in more recent seasons, features Jensen Ackles. Yep, Jensen Ackles in the most recent season as just a real despicable piece of shit. But anyway... Uh, whoa, what's your whoa, number whoa. nine spoilers yeah because your number eight was how i met your mother my number nine is and and this one is kind of a has an asterisk next to it it's okay the show the connors but it's really roseanne but okay m- more specifically it's that roseanne posted a racist tweet about valerie jarrett who was the African-American woman who was the senior advisor to Barack Obama throughout his presidency and largely considered one of his most influential aides. Uh, So I read that tweet. It's not great. It's pretty bad. So that led to her being fired uh, right before the show even aired. And I think they had already filmed some. And so they rewrote the first episode to, to completely cut her out. And so they, they killed her off immediately. And, but my problem was with the way that they killed her off. And I, I'm frustrated because growing up, I did watch Roseanne and I thought the show Uh was funny. It's very like middle class, lower middle class family. It's very relatable. And I, I enjoyed that a lot. But in the very first episode of the Connors, which was called keep on trucking, the Connor family are seen three weeks after Roseanne's funeral and discovering the, the opioid painkillers that she had been hiding. And midway through, it's revealed that her death was caused by an overdose. So it, it just felt really sloppy. I, I get why it happened. She definitely should have been fired. There's probably no great way to introduce that her character was being killed off immediately. 
but just this felt lazy, a little sloppy, just kind of like, well, let's just say she died of an overdose and call it a day. And that was like, that was it. So yeah, I, I it deterred hearing, me. I just didn't even watch the show. I, I remember hearing the kerfluffle around this when it happened. And as someone who has not seen one minute of Roseanne or the Connors, I kind of went, well, that's weird. And then didn't pay attention to it anymore. So yeah, but for someone who had the history of the show, I can definitely see this. Uh, and I don't feel super you. strongly about it because like I said, I didn't, I didn't end up watching it at all. But from what I hear, it, it was just not as good. So, yeah. and then since you already had your number 10 was Firefly, which was my number one, my number 10 is Happy oh, hold Days. On, hold on, You're skipping my number nine. Oh, did I? Yeah, you skipped it. Oh, well, my number 10 is Happy Days, but I'll tell you why in a minute. Go, what's your number nine? Okay. Well, my number nine is The Office. Um, this is another final season thing, but rather than talking about the whole final season, the creative decision I'm talking about is turning the camera crew into characters. So she somehow mm. wants the office. It's filmed a mockumentary style and then show camera crew is for unexplained reasons, making a documentary about this particular office of the Dunder Mifflin paper company in the final season of the show. They start to inter- introduce the heretofore unseen members of the camera crew as characters in the show proper. And they do yeah. nothing whatsoever of interest with it. Instead, making one of them as a potential love interest for Pam and inserting uninteresting unearned marital strife between Pam and Jim completely killed my enjoyment of the show. Never ended up finishing the last season because of it. Well, you're doing yourself really a disservice strange. because you really should watch the f- at least the final episode because it it forgets about all that crap and just really brings you back to the nostalgia of the first few seasons. Yeah, I just I just never had any interest after going through that stuff. I'm like, this is just stupid. Don't watch the rest of the final season if you don't want to. Watch the last episode. Do yourself a favor. It's very good. I don't think I've even watched any previous episodes of the show once since bailing out of that season. That's unfortunate. Doing yourself a disservice. Although, the Dinner Party is one of the all-time great episodes of television ever. Oh, yeah. That one's fantastic. Peak cringe comedy. At least it's still comedy at that point, because the Scott's Tots episode is literally cringe unwatchable. (laughs) My... Le- uh, I man. never watch it. I skip that episode every time. It's upsetting. <laughs> it really is. All right. But anyway, happy days. Yeah, and happy ten. days. This one was just kind of a spiritual entry. It, something in my, my heart told me I needed to put this on here. What we're talking about in a lot of these is... Oh, I know what you're talking about. The, I just didn't think about it when you mentioned Happy Days, but now I know. The change uh, in tone of a series and how it literally gets worse after a certain event. And we call I've that... already typed it in. Jumping the jumping shark. Jumping the shark. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it all started here with Happy Days. It I literally coined a phrase. Here. And several of these shows did just that. Yeah. And as a result, I, I think... It spiritually was a number 10 on my list, and I, I had it there pretty much from the get-go. It could have been an honorable mention. Probably some of my honorable mentions could have beat it out, but it needs to be number 10. Yeah, so. that's fair. That's fair. I, uh, I, I, I had not really thought about that. I never watched Happy Days, but I, I do appreciate you putting that there. So why don't you round out your honorable mention list? I only have a few, but I'll touch on those after that. What, what do you have? Yeah, you know, we've talked to a couple about a couple of these already. You know, you talked about Scrubs. Um, actually, I think that's the only one on here we've talked about, actually. Uh, this, uh, we did talk about Stranger Things. The actual thing I had on here was the Punk Kids episode, 
you know the one from season two it's terrible anyway um yep i have here uh buffy buffy the vampire slayer slayer and the uh the decision the creative decision i just have listed as dawn if you've watched the show you know similarly i have the spinoff show from buffy the vampire slayer which is angel and the uh creative decision i have listed is connor again if you watch the show you know um in a similar vein star trek voyager the creative decision i have listed is uh neelix chakotay and belana torres they're all terrible we have seinfeld the finale this is another legendarily bad finale i had that on my honorable um, mentions as well frustrating dexter uh, i guess spoilers for late dexter um the uh, the whole weird romantic thing they had between dexter and deborah that's that's no good the last couple i have here besides the very last thing uh my other star trek show star trek discovery uh over time they wrote out basically all of the good characters on that show for very little payoff or reason they just eliminated their best characters one by one over time really strange really strange to see them do it don't know why still um and then star trek picard uh the most recent season is uh they reunite the whole original cast and this show has been a crazy insane mess of you know some, a lot of sloppy writing but i enjoy seeing Sean, uh patrick stewart play this role again um their mistake here is not just doing season three from the jump they should this show should have just been we reunite the whole cast right away from the beginning and they didn't do that but hey what can you do my very final thing I have on here is almost basically any non-comedic use of it was all a dream. You know, that's been used for comedy pretty effectively in some spots. Mm. Uh, but if you ever use it seriously, it's stupid and I hate it. The best ever use of this, I will cite positive uh, honorable mention here is um, I believe it's the end of Newhart where uh, Bob Newhart wakes up in the previous show as the previous show character he was in the Bob Newhart show talking to his sitcom wife from that show saying, man, I had this crazy dream where I had this whole other life, <laughs> but it was all the events of Newhart. That is a, that, that is a very clever use of that. So we did cover yeah, this my... when I went over my Archer portion as well, since that was, it's all a dream. And there's fan theories about Archer vices also all a dream, but. Another, what's, uh, another what's reason to hate mentions? it. So we talked about the Simpsons already. No. That is largely the modernization of, sure. of the Simpsons and, and just trying to be more relevant with kind of current topics. And I, a lot of the early episodes were just not like that. Oh, uh, Scott's, many, an, Scott's an animated show, Luddite. You heard, heard it here first. Many people believe that the turning point for the simpsons was i think it was season nine when skinner was revealed to be an imposter and there was an actual guy named skinner that he stole the identity from but they continued to allow him anyway that was what turned people off and people never really looked at the simpsons the same again is that before or after steamed hams that was after okay so next i have the show Family Matters. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this show. I am familiar, but I haven't watched it. Steve Urkel. And sure. yep. the the show itself, right, is just an average everyday sitcom about the Winslow family. And, and Urkel takes over the show. Yep. Urkel was like a visiting character, but by season two, he was so popular. He was upgraded to full-time cast member and eventually became the main character of the series, despite the show being about the Winslow family. The plot lines 
went from being down to earth family stuff and and were substituted with stories about cloning machines and cool juice and in the end people associate family matters with one standout character and that's Steve Urkel and I honestly think that the show is worse off as a result and that is an unpopular opinion I recognize that but I don't think Family Matters was better because it was the Urkel show next we have Designated Survivor the the show about there's a guy Kiefer Sutherland yeah Kiefer Sutherland there's a guy who is the designated survivor that in the event Jack that Bauer. some crazy thing happens and like the president and the vice president and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all die. This guy becomes president because he's so and far then, down in line. And the season takes place over 24 hours, right? And every episode's an hour. Uh, I don't, you ever watch, you ever watch 24? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's not exactly like that, but okay. <laughs> that being said, this is, uh, the first, the first season of it's actually pretty decent. It's a you know action political thriller, and unfortunately, after that got resolved, the second season became more of like a West Wing style show, and it tried to be funny, and it was more about the workings of the White House, and it lost its initial premise and way, and so yeah, not great. Next, we have one that you're going to agree with, and that is Sherlock. Anything post yep. season three. Oh, it's most of Sherlock is bad before no. that. Also, I, I really like, enjoy. There's like a two good early... episodes of Sherlock. No, okay, well that's hard. Anything past hard season two on that. Anything past season two is unwatchable. No, no. There's no. like one good episode in season one, and there's like one good episode in season two, and after that, it's just absolute dog shit. Okay, well, season four in particular, really, really bad. And I, there was a a writer that left the show. It might have been Moffat, and I, yeah, just not great. Uh, finally, I have Letter Kenny. But by the time you reach the most recent season, you just get tired of hearing the same joke over and over again with only slight variations. That's and fair. it just it feels like it's all regurgitated back and forth so that yeah, I don't know, it you still have the same premise, but you haven't evolved at all. And the way that the art direction has changed on some of it also I feel like the the film style has changed enough that it's not great. So Anyway, I'm getting tired of that show, unfortunately, because there's never, there's a lot of seen a great of bits in it. But that's what I got. That's my honorable mention list. So, alrighty, why don't we? Well, jump we have on one over. final thing to do here, and we need to make a unified list of what are the actual unified stupid sequence top ten all time worst creative decisions. Yeah, we're gonna have to look at I'm two through nine for over. sure, since you know Firefly's number one. I'm moving over our uh, our top fives here, respectively, which I think is a uh, a podcast first where we had zero duplicates in the top five. No, it's not a first. I think we've done that once before, at least. Really? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We'll come back to it. Well, I I vote we just do all of these by alphabetical uh, for Mm. the show, and then we'll call it a day. Archer number one. You're dropping your own. Yeah, but Firefly becomes three because Community's two. But I, right. that means I've got one, two, three, and you. I don't think I don't you, think I agree with this. Well, we go what to Hero Game of Thrones next, and then Heroes. No, I don't. I don't think we're that far off by putting them in that order. <laughs> uh, I, well, I straight up disagree with you on the Community one. Um, 
Predator. Dan Harmon's departure I mean, was not archer, a problem. The my, I misspoke. The Archer one. Okay. I was looking at Community when I said that. I straight up disagree with you on the Archer one. I do think that season's not as strong, but I don't think it is like even close to most of the other stuff we have here. Um, the overall but I do. Th- I think the rest. Garbage. I agree with the rest of your entries for sure. Um, I have watched all of these and I do agree specifically with your points on all the rest of them. I get where you're coming from on the Archer thing. I just don't agree. Um, Hmm. I feel very strongly about the series finale of Star Trek Enterprise. It is a piece of shit. See, I haven't watched it though, so I don't have that same visceral reaction you do. Right, but but you get how just utterly disrespectful this is. How incredibly baffling of a decision it is to go. Hey, what if we made our our series finale about a totally different set of characters, huh? Like if they had done that early in the show, where they're like, where that was like a season one thing, where it's like, hey, we're gonna do this marketing gimmick to try to get more people to watch the show that'd be one thing but it's the series finale you're not pulling in more viewers because you included will Riker. sure and i see what you did there but i'd counter that by saying at least you had a chance to get off the ground you experienced several seasons to be great and to really have a chance to shine and firefly arguing from the get-go didn't even have a chance it I'm not arguing that Firefly, that Enterprise is a better show than Firefly. It's not. It's not even close. But Firefly is ten times the show Enterprise ever was. What I'm talking about is the stupidity of this specific decision. That's what I'm saying. It was the decision of that misguided marketing that really doomed Firefly from the beginning and made it so that we couldn't even experience two, three, four, five seasons, however many it ended up being, which would have been phenomenal. Let's do this. I'm okay with Firefly ranking highly. Can we can we put a pin and say for now, tentatively, Enterprise and Archer in they're not Archer, God. Enterprise and Firefly <laughs> in some order. I keep misreading the they're list probably here. Enterprise one, two, and Firefly yeah. and Sir are, are probably one and two. I'm gonna move those or over then. Okay, we'll come back. Um so, and let we'll me look, look at the rest of these. Looking at your list, right? Mm-hmm. Which you've watched some of this. I have watched Game of Thrones. Uh, just not you the didn't later watch any seasons. Heroes? I did not watch Heroes, no. Oh, I know yeah. what Heroes is, and just from pop culture, I know some of the specific things about it, but I have not watched Heroes. Cameron's watched Heroes. Looking at your list, I don't feel super strongly about South Park because I, I do agree that that show declines over time, but... There's nothing, there's not like a hard cutoff or anything. It's just like over time, it just slowly gets worse and worse. Mm. So I don't know that I can point to like any one thing that really makes it dramatically worse. It's just like over time, it's just like, oh, it just feels like you're running out of After ideas. After the World of Warcraft episode. Yeah. Oh, there's good stuff past that. Yeah, I'm not saying there's not, that. but the decline is definitely um, past that. Like, I feel stronger about Squid Game than i do about south park Mm. yeah squid game's pretty frustrating season two is gonna be pretty meh let's see yeah yeah archer archer is the only one on the only entry on on your list that i don't like Mm, that was number two for me 
which is pretty, you know, it's a, it's, that's a pretty significant discrepancy there. How about, how about mine here? How about my remaining ones? I know you like, okay, you've only watched Game of Thrones. You didn't watch those specific seasons. So the Witcher, I don't know anything about these people really and, yeah, and their relationship. Fair. So I kind of could care less. What I do know is that there were disagreements and Henry Cavill left the show. So it's not for the same reason, but I understand people's frustration with this show. Um, sure. I don't know if that's a maybe potentially related creative decision or subset of that decision or, but I, I get where you're coming from with that. I, I would not rank it very high for me. I'm more inclined to say game of Thrones and heroes over the Witcher. Maybe even, yeah, I can, I can live with that. Maybe even game of Thrones over heroes. Uh, I don't think I can live with that. Pivoting th- away from the anthology, it, you think is heroes, more, uh, much of a, uh, worse than rushing two seasons worth of development after six seasons of buildup. Yeah, because Game of Thrones ended up um, having a weaker season and then a significantly botched season. Um, heroes fundamentally destroyed their own show. They had one good season and they torpedoed everything else that came after it. Yeah, that, that's pretty, that's true. And, and Game of Thrones, I think, has a lot of good stuff in season seven, less than season eight, season eight, but there's still good stuff in there. There is almost nothing redeemable about Heroes past season one. It just sets on fire and the fire just burns brighter and brighter and brighter. And then, like, the first part of season four is, like, a little bit better. You're like, oh, okay, they're maybe, like, building in a potentially interesting direction here. And then by the end of it, you're like, nope, nope, it's right back in the garbage. Okay, they didn't actually do anything interesting with this at all. All right, I'm going to move some stuff here. I think... Okay. Scott has moved Heroes to number three. Bold move. Followed by Community. Okay. And then and I and 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 I, I I'm gonna say I'm okay with community here at four because this is a similar thing where I think the the you know whether the the rightness or the wrongness of the decision is not what's at debate here. Dan Harmon being gone from the show torpedoed what came afterwards in a similar way that Heroes torpedoed itself. So maybe not to the degree that Heroes did, but I think I I can along that logic I I'm fine with that. And then you've moved Game of Thrones to five. Yeah, and I I think based on that, I I'm gonna throw Squid Game at six, and actually Twin Peaks at seven. Interesting. And okay. I'm kind of torching myself here a little bit, but I'm throwing Archer, Archer Vice at eight, which I need Witcher above little, Archer. A little bit sad for me. Oh yeah, sorry. That's I I did actually mean to do that. So I'm willing to concede basically all of my stuff is one slot slightly less than yours because Firefly's going one. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you see this? Mm. Star, apparently I can't spell Trek though because it's Star- yeah, you deleted You deleted Star Trek Enterprise from the, the, the thing here. All right, take a look at that. I I moved literally everything based on uh, just our initial feedback of the conversation and some of our key points here. I okay. I think it's so, it's probably pretty close. But what do you think? Hmm. So we have you you uh, you bumping Squid Game up that high is surprising to me. Well, it was number but, five on my list and ends up at number six overall. I I sure, feel but like you've moved it over two of your other entries. True, but you also don't feel as strongly about those entries. 
That is true. That is true. Yeah, I, I think I can live with this. I will. I will concede the number one because as, while I don't, Firefly is a, is a screw up of very significant magnitude, um, and resulted in the destruction of a lot of unrealized potential. So much. Um. Un- so unlimited. fire, and that's and that's part of why I ranked Firefly lower for mine because. Much of my ones that I ranked higher were destroying things like we saw the fallout from the decisions, right? We saw how these shows tanked in different ways because of these different things. Whereas Firefly is a big what if. Maybe Firefly wouldn't have been on to like, maybe if, if Firefly had gotten three seasons, maybe been like, man, those other seasons weren't great. You know, it's tough to say. You know, but all we have is a collection of episodes that's mostly really good. Um, and then a movie that, you know, has some problems, but is really enjoyable. And, you know, the idea of what could have been beyond that. So, you know, that that landing differently for you than me, I think I, it makes sense. Um, I, I could totally get your arguments around that. I'm trying um, to think, because Firefly came out in like 0203 and Serenity was... Oh, five. But what main show did Nathan Fillion do? Well, he um He's in a he couple was, of things. He was on um Ro- Angel. Rookie. Or Buffy. No, it was Buffy. He well, Rookie's way later. Yeah. Um Rookie Rookie's like within the last six years or so. Castle. Um, Castle was two thousand nine. Castle was Castle was after that. Okay. Um so before that, he was on. He was a villain in a late season of Buffy. I think it was Buffy and not Angel. It might have been Angel. I don't remember. Um, he was in Slither, the movie with um, mm, yeah, uh, uh, James Gunn directed that. And then um, he was actually before that he was on um, soap operas. He was on Desperate Housewives for like ele- true. eleven he, episodes. He apparently, I I just I didn't watch it, here. but I do remember. And of course on that. Captain Hammer, Dr. Horrible sing-along yeah. blog. The hammer is my penis. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, man. Well. Feeling okay with uh, this? Gonna, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think I'll live with it. So, All right, run it back. 10 to 1. Run, run the list down here. We have, at number 10, a South Park for the modernization of the show. Boo. We have number 9 is Archer, with the reason being Archer Vice. Boo. Number eight, The Witcher for destroying the Siri and Yennefer relationship. Number seven is Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks for season two studio interference. Yeah, boo. Number six is Squid Game for that ending. Ah. Number five, Game of Thrones for rushing the later seasons. (sighs) Number four is Community for Dan Harmon's departure. Dang it, Dan. Number three is Heroes for pivoting away from anthology. That was the worst. Well, season two, worst, Star Trek Enterprise bad. for the worst series finale of all time. Now, and number one, that might be a different conversation. Is Firefly for misguided marketing, you know, and some other stuff as well. But that's the big one, according to Scott. Yes. Yeah, we can, and that's it. We can live with this. I, I feel like this is pretty strong. We've created a definitive list. Once again, man, we are just the best at this. How do we continue to 
to just be so good at what we do. That's because we are the foremost rankers on the internet. We should really have a podcast. Yeah, I've been asked that multiple times, why I don't have one, and I answer, I don't know. Man. Never thought about it. It's just a missed opportunity. So much potential. Yeah. You know what? Maybe we need better marketing. Maybe. Maybe we should air these episodes out of order. Yeah, for our very pivotal uh, overarching storyline here. That's right. You just can't understand the show. That's right. If you don't you don't know every single one of our in jokes of which we have uh, three or two. four. Speaking of, speaking of Scott. Yes, what about uh, surfing? It's time it's time for the critical question. Uh-oh. Um is the uh, is the misguided marketing of Firefly better or worse than Surf Ninjas? Oh, Firefly is phenomenal in comparison to Surf Ninjas. It, I won't even joke about that. It's not that's, close. That's not that wasn't my question. My question was: Was the misguided marketing of Firefly better or worse than Surf Ninjas? Hmm. Definitely worse than Surf Ninjas. All right. It's a top ten well, worst list. So. So uh, it's be Firefly, Surf Ninjas remains at the top here for the ones we've discussed. So, you know, stay tuned, folks, for more on that later. Side list, right? This is my side list of Surf Ninjas. This is your, this is your overarching. To we're going to have to we're going to have to go back and fill this in with all of your number ones um, at some point. We're not going to do that today, but at some point we're going to have to do that. Maybe when we have a shorter episode, mm. if we ever have one of those again. But uh, going forward, this is just be aware. Uh, I will ask you. To compare with Surf Ninjas. One, well, that'll be easy. Surf Ninjas, number one. Good to know. We'll see if that holds true. Eddie Reyes Jr., if you're listening, and I know you are. I know hit, you are. Hit me up. Jim Beaver and Eddie Reyes Jr. are number one and number two fans. <laughs> oh, that's who's listening in the sequence. UK. See, we figured yep, it out. that's who it is. Yep, there we go. Oh. Why, uh, why are they in the UK right now? That's so weird. I don't know. They're listening together. They're actually them. they're having coffee and listening together. Life lifelong friends, Jim Peaver and Eddie Reyes Jr. Who knew? My God, what I ship that. All right, so let's go. Uh, let's go uh, here to the to the outro. Let's, let's wrap this thing up. Yeah, let's put a bow on it. Thank you, thank you very much. I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen to us argue, even though we, we didn't really argue that much this time. But it was enjoyable, I'm sure. A lot of a lot of really bad decisions creatively for TV shows. Baffling. Not that we could do any better. We just want to judge. We're just here to make a list. That's why we're the experts. I am a certified hater. Nobody's disagreeing with that. But our next episode, in about two weeks, is going to be about... Well, hold on. Yeah, we do have the topic. Josh, tell the people what's going on. We do, in fact. Uh, we've put our noggins together, and we have come up with... We haven't done kind of a concept-based ranking in a while. So we are going to talk about the best fight scenes across all media. Not just movies, not just TV, not just books, video games, who knows? To be clear, fights, not battles. That is true. This is, um, I want to say, not specifically restricted to one-on-one. But no, definitely probably not. probably not having more than like five or six. Well, we'll have to we'll have to draw a line somewhere. We have not had that discussion yet. But right now, my ballpark is like if you have more than certainly more than like ten people, that's that's outside the scope. Of well, hold on, because there's one scene in particular that I'm thinking of where it's like 
endless bad guys like against oh, one guy oh, against one guy yeah like, okay yeah i think that's fair too it can't be like a like if you're going past like a five on five that's that's outside the scope but if it's like one guy taking on infinity ninjas now what if it's five on know. five on five or four on four that's, on four? that's 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 too much that's a battle okay so the anchorman battle yeah, call it the battle. Man, I don't think okay. that's quite. Yeah, it doesn't quite. That's quite gonna. Make it's it not fun. within the spirit. We all see. We all know the the overarching law of ninjas, which is one ninja is an insurmountable opponent that you cannot defeat. Any number of ninjas, more than one, are absolute jobbers, can completely destroy it at no with no effort. That's right. I'm going to see at least a few of those. I think in my list, you know, the surf ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there are three. There are three of them, right? So, or two, two of them. No, I'm thinking of three spoiler. ninjas. Three ninjas fight back. Three ninjas uh, strike back. Strike back. Um, it, three strike ninjas back. is a different thing. It is a different thing. Surf, is, is surf ninjas, ninjas. Just two of them. There, there are some pretty epic fights, but you know, no spoilers here. Okay. Okay. Go watch for yourself. You know, because it's on YouTube exci- for free, and you're. A good I'm excited friend, about this episode. And it's under ninety minutes, and you should watch. I got some ideas already. There's Leslie Nielsen. Leslie there. Nielsen's in it. You like Leslie, Leslie? Nielsen is actually uh, in 10 out of 10 of my top rated 10 fight scenes. Oh, well, in that case, Serve Ninjas, number one, Leslie Nielsen. No spoilers. The, the epic fight scene from Dracula Dead and Loving It. Okay, we're going to move on because I think there's, there's going to be a lot of discussion there. It's going sure. to be a long episode. There's I look so forward to talking scenes. to you more about things that uh, you haven't watched or read. Yeah, I, I fully expect that'll be on the list. That's, that's going to be in there. I can't wait to burst your bubble of excitement. But hey, I think we're good. So until next time, I've been Scott. And I've been Josh. And remember, with a little practice, you can argue your way into a friendship. Take care, folks. 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 Take? Take care, folks. Care, folks? Take on me. Take on me. Care. Folks. Care, folks. I'll be watching Surf Ninja. One of these times we could uh, switch roles. Never. I'll do the beginning. Never. Hello and welcome to Stupid Sequence, a show where we make ranked lists of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is fun. I'm your host, Scott. And I'm your host, Josh. How dare you.